I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. And we are live. Except, oh, I see what's happening. All right, we are live. We've had some technical difficulties, and I'm going to bring in our guest really quickly here. There we go. Perfect. All right, guys. Hey. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 93. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today we have another special guest. Jeroen Cortout is the co-founder and CEO of Salesflare, and today he is with us to not just talk about CRMs, although that's definitely the path that I'm going to take him down a little bit, um, but we want to talk about sales teams and often why people struggle with CRM implementation. So, Jeroen, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Um, first, let's start off a little bit with how you got to the point where you wanted to create Salesflare. How'd that process start? Um, it was a long process, let's say, um, of lots of frustrations and not doing anything with it for a long while. <laughs> so I think it all started for me when I was um, using my first CRM, which was Salesforce. You might have heard of it. It's this uh, um, big company controlling the market. They have about 20% of the market. Um, I worked in a marketing consultancy that used Salesforce internally, but also deployed it at customers. So we were very intimate with it. Um, I started, that was my first sales job, basically. Um, in the company where I was previous to that, Baxter, they were also rolling out Salesforce, but I never really got to work in it. I was not a salesperson. I was a marketing person. It wasn't really applicable to me. And it wasn't even there fully yet. So my really my real first experience was uh, at, the, at the marketing consultancy. Um, I thought it was going to be a tool uh, for me to organize my sales. At least that's what it seemed to be. That's what people said. Um, and I tried to use it that way. Like I tried to put everything in there. I tried to work with the task system they had in there and all those kind of things. It was extremely cumbersome. I didn't really understand how it was supposed to work, especially when I compared it to my daily tools. Um, like I was using Wunderlist back in the day, as uh, now rolled into Microsoft Tasks, I think it's called or whatever, um, which was a really neat, simple task tool. And then I, I contrasted this with the thing I found in Salesforce, which was like as if I was filling out a form to register to some official whatever of the, the government. <laughs> And then it would send me these notifications in my browser if I was in Salesforce and so not on my phone if when I wanted or to remind me. Now I had to log into Salesforce. This kind of weird stuff sort of um, dazzled me. I didn't understand how that could work. But then on the other hand, you know, there's this uh, thing where you, you see enterprise software and you see business, uh, like consumer software and you feel like, okay, they're different, uh, but that's the way the world is. We had a lot of discussions internally about Salesforce and people were not really filling it out. It was mostly a system in which we would put our opportunities. Um, that way management knew um, what we were working on and what they could expect as revenue. Um, plus they knew how much we closed and that then went towards our 
our um, our quota. But apart from that, not much appeared in there. Um, at some point, even one of my fellow account managers said, don't put everything in there because if you do, they're going to start expecting stuff and you better not get yourself in that situation. So I started inputting even less. Um, basically, two things I input was like um, people to put on a newsletter, uh, which sometimes I, I, I found was, was interesting. And, and secondly, these opportunities. And we had all kinds of discussions around it then because um, within the team, we would often work for the same companies um, in different departments in different countries. And the visibility there was fully defined by how well we filled out Salesforce. And that obviously didn't really uh, happen. Uh, so that was a big issue. Now, I thought it was all normal. Uh, I, we rolled these kind of things out in pharma companies and many projects we're always like, yes, using CRMs is hard. It doesn't happen. But, you know, that's the way the world is. But then the, the actual aha moment was when, I, when we tried to make it work because the following happened after different startup projects. Uh, I ended up with my current co-founder working on his uh, software company where we were selling software to big enterprises, which was basically compatible with IBM software. We had gone to a big conference and we had something like 130 leads and we needed to get these people who were interested, genuinely interested in buying our software to close the deals. And the sales processes were a bit longer because they were in business intelligence. It's kind of people that you contact and they're like, yeah, it's very interesting, but you know, I'm, I'm on this now. So could you contact me at the end of the year? Something like that. Uh, so it needed a lot of follow-up and we had to organize ourselves and, sort of create this follow-up engine and this memory that we could rely on. So we, we really tried to make that work, uh, not in Salesforce, because I knew that I wasn't getting it. Uh, when I came in, the guys were using Zoho, which was basically like cheap Salesforce uh, that was accessible to us and other enterprises, but still the same thing. We tried better tools that were more uh, for sales follow-up, but we never really found a click like what we missed actually, uh, while then some of these tools were, were, were better for sales follow-up, they always seemed to fail at the same point, And that was us because these systems, they came with the expectation that we would fill them out diligently um, and with an enormous amount of discipline all the time, like every single thing that happened, every little piece of data we saw, every little thing we did we were supposed to put in the CRM, um, like somebody copies in someone in an email and you're like, my God, there's a new person. I need to put them in the CRM. Or they send you an email with an email signature and you're like, aha, data, and you copy it into the CRM. Or you place a call and you're excited about it. At the same time, you're like, not too excited. Put this in the CRM first. You know, this kind of thing is not very human. And we always failed, which then meant that our follow-up somehow started falling apart. Like we started contacting people that we already contacted about the same thing because we didn't remember. We were also working together on it with different people. So it became an absolute mess. And at some point we figured that actually all of the things we were doing where we were very much always living in two worlds, like we were uh, in our inbox or our calendar or our phone or some company database or whatever, and then the other world was the CRM in which we were documenting that. 
We figured that didn't make sense because what we were essentially doing is we were always copying over data from the one place to the other place and always working in these two tabs. And then we thought, what if we could make a system that um, taps into all these places and it, it gets the data from there because the data is already there, it's digital. And it's, and it's also, there's, there's ways in which you can connect it to make sure it makes sense and bring it together for the salesperson. And the computer can basically take over most of that work instead of relying on this kind of expectation that it's all going to happen manually. And then also integrate that into your email inbox and all the different places. And in that way, create something that actually works, like that works for you and that works within what you're, what you're doing. And that's the, uh, the very initial idea with which we started Salesflare. And now seven years ago, a lot of things have happened in the meantime. We've created a bunch of things. Also things on top of all that data. Um, like you can now, for instance, send automated emails and all those kind of things based on the data that Salesforce collects. Um, we now have, I think, about 2,000 companies using it actively. Um more than 2000 um, and looking for the next, uh, next thing. Awesome. Well, uh, so I'll admit I'm a Salesflare user um, and I, I work with multiple CRMs with different clients and, and companies. But one thing that I love about Salesflare is first of all, you've got this feature that when you're looking at an account, it says suggested contact. And so if there's someone that I've emailed that I might not already have integrated to an account with a single click, I can link that person to it. All the emails and communications and notes get all synced under the account. And it's just so smooth. And for, for me, I also found that I'm a lot of CRMs. They're either good on desktop or they're good on mobile. But I don't have any feature loss at all that I've experienced with Salesflare on mobile compared to desktop. And I, I think it's great. Like there's, you know, a lot of CRMs have similar features, but those are the things that really, I think, make Salesforce stand out to me. Um, and the way that all that information just gets pulled in from, you know, different social media sites and things like that. It's like, as soon as somebody gets added to your CRM, within seconds, you know a lot more about them, which means if you can add them before you have a call with them, you're better equipped for your sales call in my experience. Yeah. That's that's well sold, I would say. Yeah, those are some of the the essential points that we often lift out. Obviously, we've 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 built the whole thing with like automated data inputs central, and then uh, manual data input secondary. But that's very hard to sell. Uh, so things like what you just said uh, is absolutely correct. Um, so the suggested contacts help you to add all the relevant contacts to an account. Also, actually, if you work together with colleagues, I don't know whether you do that. And you can also see who your colleagues know and how strong their relationship is uh, with these people so that you can ask your contacts, like my colleague Gary asked earlier today, like, hey, you're going to see you're in contact with that person. You think that person is relevant? Can we go through that person for this purpose uh, to that company? Um that's cool. And then we have integrated, uh, I don't know, do you use Gmail or Office 365 Gmail. or something? Yeah, I'm a G Suite guy. Gmail. So the first thing we actually built for Salesforce is this uh, sidebar thing where um, you can basically look at an email and you get all of the information about the company you're in touch with, the people you know there, the opportunities you have running, the, the previous stuff you exchanged, also the files, the social stuff. It's all there next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the fact that indeed we bring 100% of the functionality actually to mobile. Um, and that's that's partly because that's where we started with the plugin and with the mobile app. Um, and then we started developing the desktop application and we've just always kept everything fully functional everywhere because we believe in, in not needing your laptop. Uh, for instance, uh, if you want to go somewhere you're, and you want to check your CRM or check on some email campaign, whatever, you're not supposed to carry your laptop around. It's just not not a, a thing anymore, I think. And most CRMs still think that, I mean, it's easier on them, obviously. Uh, it, it is some extra work for us to prep everything for mobile. Um, but I think everything should be mobile fully. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, the other part that um, I wanted to mention that really stood out for me, um, I had the tip of my tongue. Let's see. Anyway, I'll come back to it because uh, it's it's. I know it's a feature that I that I love. For some reason, it just slipped my mind. The, but I want to make sure that our audience knows exactly what the target market is. That oh, sorry, let me back up because th- this one thing that <laughs> it is probably the, the biggest thing. Um, a lot of CRMs limit the amount of email addresses that you can bring in your emails from, mm-hmm. and. What I've found, and I mean, I haven't tested limits by any means. I just use it um, because I've got three different companies and personal email addresses. And sometimes I want, like, I want to keep track of relationships. And so if I have three different email addresses, I can put them all in under my user in Salesflare and it'll pull all the contacts. So when I look at an account or a person, everything's there no no matter what inbox or email address that they're contacting me from. And I've found that to be a huge challenge with other CRMs. You've got one email or maybe two that you can incorporate. But if you're having a multi-channel discussion, a lot of CRMs can't handle that. And I feel like Salesflare has done a really great job of that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we indeed allow multiple email addresses and multiple calendars. And I think so far we haven't had, we haven't needed to put any limit on it. Uh, limits, limits either happen because you want people to pay more or they happen because people start misusing your system. Um, we don't need people to pay more for that. And misusing hasn't happened so far, I think at least. Uh, so, <laughs> Excellent. So your, your CRM, Salesflare is designed for small to medium sized businesses, mainly B2B. And I know that you solve the major problem of why CRMs don't work, which is that manual input that you were talking about. I know for me, I'm always going back and going, Oh, I forgot to update the notes in, you know, if I'm using a different CRM with a client. Um, but I love that you can have settings where Salesforce will send you a reminder. Hey, you had this meeting in your calendar. Did you update your notes? And it's mm-hmm. like almost an assistant built in. And I feel like I'm fanboying here about Salesforce, but I, I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Let's stop that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there will be none of that here. Uh, but what do you, so other than the challenges that you've solved with Salesflare, because there's a lot that I think you've solved for, for sales reps not implementing a CRM. Um, what other tips do you have for companies, whether they're small businesses that maybe the um, they've got a couple sales reps or even a larger team? What tips can you share as far as helping a team implement a CRM and actually get it used functionally? Yeah. Um, I think it all starts from figuring out which CRM you need. And there's a lot of them out there. Salesforce is one. Uh, I think if you go on g2.com, there's 650, 660 CRMs right now. Um, Many of them do similar stuff, but there's also differences. 
Um, like for instance, um, give some very stark differences. If you have a commercial real estate business, you probably need something specifically for that because uh, you're trying to stay in touch with people. Plus you have this like double-sided model where you have uh, owners on the one end and, and people are going to buy on the one end or rent. Uh, so you need a specific CRM for that. If you have an e-commerce business and you want to um, create repeat sales and track your customers and stuff, you need a specific CRM for that because that's a very specific thing as well. Then it might be that you have a sort of content business where you sell courses and, and content and stuff. Then there's CRMs for that because it's pro probably mostly going to be about um, keeping these people in the loop with email things and ads and I don't know what. What we create a CRM for um, is for B2B sales. So if you're selling to companies and you want to do that in a good way, often multiple contacts at the same company and you want to follow that up in an organized way, track everything easily, um, and then Salesforce is, is good for that. But it's not good for many other purposes. So that's number one is figuring out what you need. Then secondly, um, well, go out on the internet, find some possibilities, but then don't do that alone. If you are a manager of a team or the co-founder of a company and you have some people doing sales, involve them because the bottleneck is going to be whether your team uses it or not. If they don't, you can also not get a CRM because all of the things you're going to try to achieve with the CRM, they're not going to work because your team doesn't use it, which means no data is created, which means uh, you don't know what you're doing. You cannot coach them. Uh, you have no idea about your, uh, your forecasts, what your revenue is going to be. Um, you have no idea what's going wrong in your sales uh, in general, apart from the individual coaching. Um, it's very hard to um, collaborate between sales and marketing. It's very hard to collaborate also, even within a, t a sales team, like if you're if you're both contacting the customer um, on different levels, uh, then that's very hard. There's a there's a bunch of things that are not going to work. One of the one of the worst things also is when somebody leaves, and then all of a sudden you have to start all over again because you have no idea what they were exactly discussing with whom, uh, or when they're sick and you all of a sudden have to pick up. Now, CRM can fix all these things, but only if, if one thing is true and that's the, the team using it. So involve your team. This has different advantages. One, uh, you'll sure that you're, you'll be sure that you pick a CRM that uh, they actually enjoy using, that they want to use. Second, you've involved them, which creates uh, buy-in, which is very important as well. It ups the chances that, that you're going to, that they're going to be using it. And then I think the next thing, um, what a lot of people do right is that they um, then make sure that their team understands what they're using. That's good. That's certainly important in training that they they know the CRM can do these things and it works like this. Um, but then the next thing is to make sure that you know how to use it together as a team and that you you sort of create very simple guidelines about it. Because if you don't do that, then it's going to be chaos. Like the one person is going to use like this. They think a stage means this and the other person think it means that. 
they're going to fill out a field in that case, in that way, but the other person might do that differently again. And, you know, follow-up will be organized differently. And then in the end, if you look at your CRM, all you see is a mess. And it's very hard to collaborate. It's very hard to pull customer segments. It's very hard to, for instance, get a list for you to do marketing on. If you say like this and this and this should be true, that might not mean the same for this, like the different sales reps. So then, yeah, you know, it's it. you cannot do anything with it. So this is a simple thing, but it basically means sitting together with your team, uh, writing down the guidelines you came up with, uh, putting these like front and center and making sure that uh, you know how to work together and in the CRM. Uh, I think if you, um, if you tackle these three things, so like choosing a CRM that is built for the purpose that you need it for, involve your sales team in picking one and then training them not only on um, understanding the CRM, but also using it collectively in a similar manner, which makes sense, then I think you're ahead of 99% of other companies probably because most companies make make a mistake on, on one of these three or if not all three actually. Gotcha. Yeah. The, uh, I know the uh, like the standard operating procedures is such a big thing because people jump in and try to try to do their own thing. Everybody wants to be a maverick. <laughs> and that's by, per, by personality. I think a lot of salespeople are that way, but you're right. If you make sure the system's right, get, get people to buy in and have that step-by-step process. So everything's consistent. I think it's going to make a huge difference. Um, so I want to jump into a part now of the show that I call the lightning round. We're going to hit you with a couple quick questions to learn a little bit more about you behind the scenes. So question number one, we know that coffee is for closers. What's your favorite coffee or comparable drink? Uh, my favorite coffee. I, I, I switch coffees. I, uh, I go to the supermarket here. They have these specialty coffees, which are good and not expensive. Uh, I, I, I usually select on the taste. Like um, my wife got me two or three years ago or something, a course in coffee because she knows I, I love it that much. And, she, um, well, I did that and I discovered that I mostly like, and it's very classic, the chocolatey and the nutty taste. I don't really like the floral or the herbal or whatever. These kind of tastes are not really for me. So chocolatey or nutty and I go for it. Gotcha. You've got a cultured palate there for the coffee. I love it. I love it. Um, what's one book or movie that you would recommend to a sales leader? Oof. Um... The last good book I read in sales was, um, let me see what I have here. No, I don't. Um, it's written by, um, we were co-speakers at a conference. Give me one second. Sure. Um, um, Trying to remember. Um, it's hard. Um, I can't exactly remember now. Um, it's a book uh, which basically applies jobs to be done on sales. Um, and it takes the more the perspective of the customer. And, and I always like that because I think it's, it's one of the essential things in sales is that you really understand 
um, the context of the customer, the problem they're trying to solve, the different forces acting on that, and then and then seeing how you can how you can move that forward, move them like from situation A in which they're in now to situation B. Um, I think is one of the most essential things in sales, and that book is all about that. And I will give you the title later so you yeah. can put it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> perfect. Yes, sounds like that's a book that all of my audience needs to needs to read. So that's fantastic. Um, now, who's somebody that's been a mentor in your life? Um, I think for part of my life is my dad, and probably still. Um, on another level nowadays, though, um, my dad is um, has always led research organizations. So he's not really into uh, sales and this kind of stuff. He actually has sort of a light disdain uh, for sales, which is very typical in engineers. You know, sales is these people that just talk. Um, but I think for most of my life, he was, uh, and still, like I said, he's uh, he's been mentoring me. Uh, helping me become a, a better person. Awesome. Now, my last question for the lightning round is what's the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to keep you on your game? Oof, the strangest thing. Um, none of it is really strange. The, 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 the strangest thing nowadays that some people think is uh, because it's a new thing, I've, I've switched to eating um, whole foods plant-based, which my wife calls vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically means that I, um, I try to not eat processed foods and I try to eat uh, as plant-based as possible. So that, that goes quite far. It's like uh, no meat, no fish, no... Um, no milk, no eggs, all, none of these things. Okay. Um, and I can really feel it makes a difference in my, uh, in my health. Maybe stranger, um, I'm taking this, um, these pills. Well, not strange to Americans perhaps, but um, um, it's called resveracell from foreign research. And it's, um, it contains a few com- compounds with, which basically help to put your cells in, in recovery mode, not growth mode, which makes that you become uh, old less fast, at least that's the premise uh, of okay. the thing. Um, it's based on the latest research in um, in aging. So it uh, it's supposed to have a similar effect as intermittent fasting and plus some other stuff. Nice. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. You survived the lightning round. So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that went all right. <laughs> Excellent. I remember the the, the name yes. of the the writer. Uh, okay. It's Bob uh, Moesta. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's M O E S T A, and his book is called Demand Side Sales One Hundred and One. All right, we will make sure that that's linked in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. So, guys, I want you to go to salesflare.com. There is a trial. You can sign up. Check it out. There's also a bunch of free downloads. And I will tell you, um, your own your team creates like some of the best sales content, I think, out there. I know that there's another CRM that's really touted for the level of research. But for you, the, the applicable content that you give that everyday salespeople can use in your, the, your email newsletters, things like that, um, I think is fantastic. 
And so, guys, if nothing else, sign up for the trial. Even if it's not a fit for you, the content that you that you get uh, will be extremely valuable. So go to salesflare.com. Um, Yeroon, thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to have you here on Sales Team Rescue. And for those of you that are watching live, watching the replay, or listening on the podcast, remember, you can catch this replay and other replays over at salesteamrescue.com. This was episode number 93. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. We've had Yeroon... Kotor. Oh, I messed up your last name. Cortez, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I worked so hard on that too. Uh, CEO and co-founder of SalesFlare uh, with us today. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And guys, remember, we will be right here on Headspace TV next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.